Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. No Will Brinson this week. He's uh, in the Cayman Islands, but he's you know not taking enough time to uh, get away from Twitter because he tweets too much on vacation, which he's a moron. But I know another guy who would tweet on vacation because he tweets all the time. He's nonstop. He wakes up tweeting. He goes to bed tweeting. He's a tweetaholic, and he's uh, my buddy Mike Freeman from the Bleacher Report. What's up, Mike? Well, i got a tweet to keep you in check. Keep me in check? Nobody can keep me in check. All of your stupid opinions. Don't even start already. We're just getting into this podcast. Can we be friendly for a second? Oh, we're going to be friendly. Second? We're 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 going to be friendly. We're not going to agree on anything, but we're going to be friendly. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, how are you, Pete? Good. How are you? Everything good? Everything good in the world? Of Everything's Freeman? good, man. Everything's good. This is a crazy league we're following. It, the news never stops, and NFL keeps stepping on its, you know what, and making stupid decisions. It's a like crazy world, man. Decisions. It's a crazy world. But, you know, the thing is, they're doing things that just make it worse. You know, I know we're going to talk about a bunch of different topics, but, I mean, I don't understand why you have an anthem policy. I know you're scared of Trump, but why do you have a, an, an anthem policy when the whole issue, you know this, Pete, it was dying down. I know. There were like four or five guys that were protesting during the anthem. It was gone. It was. It wasn't an issue anymore. So why? So when you do this, why would you do this? And then you're just going to have people paying attention to it now. Now when I go to a game every week, I'm going to be looking again to see who it is who's doing this. And there's going to be guys in the tunnel. And there's going to be guys protesting on the field. And there's going to be guys getting fined. It was stupid. It's and not, it, well, you know just, what it was about. It was about, but let's be real. Uh, you know, forget about it. They want to, you know, keep the protest. They want to keep the, and it, it was about money. They were getting hurt in the, they're going to get hurt in their pockets. It was all about money. I don't think, I think it was fear of it, but I don't, there's no proof that they're actually losing money because of that. Yeah, but you know, there's some, maybe you talk to people, in, it, talk to people in Baltimore, it, Mike, it, and people in Baltimore fear. think that they got hit bad because of it up there. And, you know, tickets were, and they, granted, they weren't a good team, but, uh, no, I, I I think it was a fear of the money. But, look, I'm all for anybody. Look, if you want to protest, you protest. I get it. I understand it. And I understand what they're protesting. And they have a right to protest what they're protesting. However, and you know this, Mike, when you're employed by somebody, if they tell you to do something, you do it. Yeah, but it's not – you can't compare what well, we yeah, you can. Whatever, what people do to what they do. No, you can't because what they do is collectively bargain. Right, it's a whole different ball game. Correct, but there, this this isn't bar. This wasn't bargain. Well, yes, correct. Because yes, the union correct. has no teeth. There's a collective bargain. There's a collective bargaining. Yeah, but this, they, but this, this There's is all with. The but they can change. Make it up on no, the like no, they they are within their rights to change this because it's within the game operations. You know that as well as anybody. We're gonna, we're gonna find. We're gonna find out because the union says it's not within their rights. Yeah, I'm well, the sure union. Look, union can complain all they want. They can complain all they want about everything. They have no teeth. I know you hate. I know you hate the union. Well, the players don't like the union. They can talk all they want. Look, go ask their their rank and file how they feel about the union. They don't. They, 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 you you talk to them. That's, that's actually an accurate point. <laughs> right. I mean, I I could care less. They have no impact on my life whatsoever. But if they were my union and I was like a player, I wouldn't be happy. They, they don't like me. I don't care. I could care less. And the players don't like them. The players the players are not happy with the union. Not you know all. that. 
But Mike, okay, right, we agree. We agree. We agree. The policy is 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 narrow minded. It just it's, they didn't think this out. It's not. It's not. It's not well thought it's out. Stupid. It's not narrow minded. It's stupid. They should just kept everybody to... in the locker room if that's what they wanted to do. Now you open yourself up to, oh well, who's in and who's out? Who's in and who's out? It's just dumb. Well, that's the thing, and what it what it shows is, um, just there's no relationship between the players and the owners. It's just, and Goodell is pretty much to me, just, he doesn't have a lot of power. He just sort of does what the owners say to some degree. The commissioner has always been that, but Tagliabue was a little different. Tagliabue was able to strike um, a detente between the players and the owners. And he's able to get convinced owners that um, you could, you can work with the players and Tagliabue, they were obsessed with money Every all of us want to make money, but Tagliabue was a little different. He wasn't as completely overboard obsessed with money. Well, it wasn't as big. Right a, it wasn't as big a money right, deal on, then, on, Mike. Hold on, hold on, you're right when you talk about that. This is about money, but the problem is this league has become to me all about money, and you see it reflected in this decision. You, I don't you, look. Were, were, could could the protests have led to them losing money? It's possible, but they just signed a, a two-plus-billion-dollar deal to stream with Verizon. Um, the franchise in Carolina sold for $2 billion plus. They're not hurting for money. They got plenty of money. They're scared. And the league, it, it leads, I hate this phrase, but it's accurate. It leads from behind. They're not creative. They don't think things through. They don't talk to the players. They just react with fear and greed. And that's how the league has become. And you and I both have covered the sport a long time. We love the sport. We love football. We love the players. We love everyone in it. We, love, we really enjoy our jobs. That's why we've been able to do this for so long. And uh, me be much better at it than you, of course, and more knowledgeable than Whoa, you. I think, you'd agree, a, that. I think the, you'd agree with that. I think you'd agree with that. There's the big, the big we, f- uh, fail right there. We, we, love, we love the sport, and we love just everything that football brings. But they're, they're, they're too – money obsessed and not obsessed with just be doing, making the sport better, making football better, paying attention to what happens on the field instead of trying to get every dollar they can. That's my only issue with the league right now. Yeah, but it's always been that way. It's just now it's more money. That's all they made. And, and Mike, that, that Carolina Pan, uh, Panthers franchise didn't sell for what they thought it was going to sell for. I mean, you, you compare it to some of the NBA dollars. I mean, you know, that, that, that what, didn't the net sell for more, almost more? I think it was, or close to it. So there's, there are concerns, well, but what's the solution? $2 billion dollars, Pete. It sold for $2 billion. Yeah, but so did the nets, I think, if I'm I not mean, mistaken. What do you want it to sell for? Five? Let They're me see, Eric, look up and money. see. I'm going to see what the Nets, what the Nets sold for when they sold. And in, in no way should an NBA team ever sell for as much as an NFL team. You know that. They're not the same. Mike, what's the solution? What would be the solution for the NFL owners right now, in your mind? What what would be the easy way to handle this anthem? What would have been the right way to handle the anthem crisis? There's a real, real easy way to handle what they're doing, which is do nothing. They could have just kept doing what they're doing. It would not have been an issue. And and look, the the president would have said, 
look at what those players are doing. They're disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the military. None of that was is ever true. It was never true. It's not true but now. But there's a perception but, that it is, though, Mike. That's the point. That's right. the point. We we well, look. It's not. We know that that's not what they're doing. That's not their intention. It was never their intention. But there is a large group of people out there that see it that way. All right. First, I don't know how large it is. Second, oh I was going to get to that part before you cut me off. Okay. Here's what I was going to say, Pete. Here's how you handle it. One of the things, and you will agree with this, one of the things that the league is really good at is when it feels like it's attacked or it feels like um, it's being represented unfairly is that they spend money and effort and time on their public perception. They could have spent uh, just a few million dollars, which is like 50 cents to this league, on public service announcements on ads, on social media stuff, to combat that perception. They do it with everything else. If people call the league stupid, they spend money talking about how they're not stupid. Yeah, I mean, look, I... I, sorry, I had, to, I had we, to cough there, sorry. No, I'm getting fired up. Just I know you are. Fix this, this perception with, um, with, a way, with a campaign to combat it. But they're scared. They're scared of Trump. They're scared of what Trump will say about them. They're scared of what the, the fans who don't like it will do. But what we saw last year was the Super Bowl was still one of those watch shows of all time. It, it is every year. The ratings didn't tank. They're making a lot of money. All of the fear that these guys were scared about, none of these things really happened. So to answer your question, they didn't have to do anything. Nothing. That's how you fix it. You do nothing, and then you spend money telling people what they're really protesting about and and that's the that's the whole flaw in the entire thing is is the misinformation about what they are protesting and we know what they're protesting i don't think their fault no but well they could do a better job of relaying that message though i mean they should have they should do some why don't they all why don't the players get together and have rallies and stuff like that and 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 protest that play different spots instead of doing it on the field i mean they could do that too i mean Mike, it the doesn't other... matter if they're doing it on the field, Pete. It's before the game starts. Yeah, well, they could, there's a better way to do and it. They used, and as you know, they used to do the anthem. The players were in the locker room when they did the right, anthem. Right, which is probably the Part answer. Part of the problem, too, is... That's the answer to the that, That's, that's the, way the solution. To, maybe, maybe, but I, it's, they just mishandled this whole thing. It's it's not been a good look for the league, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, it, it, the easy solution would have been to say, here, guys, you stay in the locker room. You want to have your protest, do your protest uh, yeah, uh, away from the building. Go, go get together. Like somebody, I heard somebody make a suggestion the other day of, you know, when, when, when the Bucks basketball player had his issue with the, with the police department up there, which was a horrible, horrible situation. Get, get 50 NFL players and, and, and basketball players and whoever and get a rally going up there and protest that. I don't, I don't think the police department would like that very much. <clears throat> Well, they, they they can do multiple things, Pete. But the 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 players are using their power and their knowledge and and what people know about them and their um their power to to bring attention to an issue that has ignore, been ignored in large swaths of America. But they're I don't think they are, though, Mike, because you know why? They're, they are. They're trying to. They're doing the right thing. But I don't think the message is getting out there because it's, it's been misinterpreted by so many people. So they're really not. 
I mean, but people just not, see it as a, as a interpretation is Pete. The misinterpretation is not the fault of the players. No, it's not. But there's it's a better Pete way to do it. Made very. The players have made very been crystal clear multiple times, thousands of times, what they're really doing. And if people don't want to hear that, then that's on them. But that, um, I don't think the player. I don't know what else the players could do because. No matter what they do, someone's going to complain about it. So uh, they might as well do what they think is right. Okay, I'm going to ask. You saw the report the other day about players going to sit out and 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 and, pro, and back to back Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick. There isn't a chance in hell a player's going to sit out a season. Because I knew you were going to say that. They're not. There's no way, Mike. <laughs> you know, you we talked about money on the owner side. We talked about money on the owner side a little while ago. Let's talk about money on the player side. Can you imagine a guy going to his wife or whatever and saying, uh, "By the way, uh, I'm going to uh, back Colin Kaepernick here, and we're not getting income this year." Um, nah, not happening. All right, there is a there is a point to be made, and and I think this goes sort of a couple years down the road, which isn't too far away when you know the CBA ends. And there is an issue with players just they need to stockpile money because that whole situation is going to get really nasty. And it, I, I, would, I would find it difficult to believe a player would sit out um, because I do think you're right. There's, I don't think they're going to lose money. And I don't even think Kaepernick would want that, to be honest. Uh, but there is, there, there, is, there is a lot of anger there over what happened. Now, will it lead to players not playing, especially star players? I, I don't think so. Probably not. But there is the NFL, there's a lot of anger among the player base. And not all players, no, but there's, there's enough anger there. It's a lot of just players upset over how this was handled. I don't think they're upset enough to where they will lose a season of income. But there is, there's going to be some interesting things, I think, that happens towards the beginning of the season. Well, you know this. A lot of players couldn't lose a month worth of income. I mean, and, and the majority of the rank and file are, you know, not making the big money. I mean, these guys, you know, the bottom half of the roster, bottom yes. third of the roster, those guys are, you know, they're making not making the big, big money. And, and so, you know, everybody says, oh, they'll, they'll vote for, they'll vote this way, they'll vote that way. Well, okay, the, the top of the league will because they can handle it, but the, the majority of the league can't. That's why it's going to be a problem for the players when they do have uh, the CBA talks and the potential talk of a walkout or a lockout. You're right, and it's always – it's pretty much always been that way. It's been that way for a little bit, and one of the things – that has happened is as the you know a weird sort of thing that as the money has gotten bigger players have been less willing to screw around with it which is something i think most people would feel that way if you're making a lot of money you're not going to want to do anything to jeopardize it so there's there's players that are like um i'm with this movement or i'm with sticking it to the owners a little bit but i'm not going to screw with my paycheck to do it which is a little different. I mean, it's been that way for for a while. But with the strikes in the 80s, um, some of the lockouts, there were players who were willing to, to sacrifice a lot. But it's not as that way as much that way anymore. That's the union's greatest challenge. And here's what the players need to fight for now. It's just, first of all, guaranteed contracts. 
which would lead to a strike of a year. The owners would never agree to that. The players have to sit out for at least a full season to get that. Would they do that? I don't know. But, but overall, the, the players just need more say in the day-to-day operations of the NFL. Goodell just sort of just does whatever he wants. The owners just sort of do whatever they want. Like with his anthem policy, they didn't even talk to the players but, about but it. But Mike, why they do they do? It. Why does he do that? Why can't he do that? Because that was one of the things included in the collective bargaining agreement. They could have pushed back on that, but they didn't. They they were so they didn't. I agree with you. They didn't, Pete, because of what we're talking about. The, there just aren't there just aren't a lot of players who can withstand that type of prolonged. But 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 D Smith was more concerned about limiting um, time during the off season, so he said, "All right, you you know whatever." There's going to be, you know, what's going to happen. You know what the next negotiating is going to be? They're going to go, "Okay, we'll give you. You can have smoke pot if you give us X." You know how it's going to go. You take Rogers' power away, but you could have pot or something like. You know, it's called bargaining. That's why it's a collective bargaining agreement. But uh, again, you know what? You make me want to smoke pot right now. Well, you better light it up then because we right have another now. 15 or 20 you minutes to go. You know what? If you day. if you did it, it might actually be more enlightening for the podcast. Well, go ahead, light up. <laughs> um, you you know what you would calm down? Wow. It would calm you down. Da- it would probably calm you wow. down a little bit. Uh, Mike Freeman wow. from Bleacher Report. <laughs> hey Mike, you know what though? Um you there's there has to be um You know what owners would say to all this? They would say, "Look at the ratings. They've they're not they've fallen a little bit, but overall, everyone still wants to watch NFL." They would say, "Look at the people investing in the NFL." They'd say, "Look at what we just sold a team for. Everyone's to buy in." They would say, "All this talk is nonsensical." It's it's an interesting juxtaposition, and the players would say, "We're doing pretty good, but we need this, 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 and this." There's a huge gap there. But the owners always win because the owners are billionaires and the players are millionaires. And the owners can always outlast them. And but at some point, someone has to come along and say, if you want a guaranteed contract, if you want to have more say, you're going to have to pay the price. And I'm not asking players to do that. Like, I don't want to pay the price. If I don't want to lose money. I don't, if it was me, I wouldn't want to do that. But, but this is the choice they have. They want more say they want more stuff, if they want more power, the owners are going to make you fight for every inch of turf you want, every inch. And when you're asking, why didn't they do this in the last CBA? What it's because D. Smith knew he didn't have the power. His players don't have the money to sit out months or, or a season or half a season. So he has to acquiesce somewhat. And the owners know that. They know, the owners know, they know what the player situation is. They just wait them out. But and at Mike, some point, the players are going to have to say, Mike, "We're not going to, we're not going to do that." Mike, with 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 the gambling wild wide west now opening up, if these two sides are dumb enough to have a lockout with, uh, you know, legalized gambling in this country, that would be one of the dumbest business decisions on both sides you will ever see. It would be, um, but you know they've made dumb decisions before. But this one, but this is you, this is a whole right. new. This is a revenue stream that they haven't seen. This is going to be, I mean, in different ways. I mean, they're not going to get that that one percent or whatever they're trying to look for from the states. I don't think that's going to happen. But can you imagine? You know, you go to a game and you, you fire up your phone and you can you know make 
little bets, individual bets on on things. And now you can have all the gambling companies that do it, advertising in the stadium and everything. I mean, it's going to open up more revenue for both sides. They, it would be dumb to have a lockout. Dumb. You could have you could have a cottage industry on the num on betting on a number of stupid things you say, but yes. Well, you're then right. you would take the under because you would never get to the over. <laughs> you're, you could just go through your – the, the amount of revenue that, that could come into this with these new gambling laws would just be – it's going to be staggering. And they'll – the one thing I'm pretty sure of where I'll disagree with you, I don't think they're going to screw it up. I, I think they'll find – they'll. The, if there's one thing that these – the NFL is really good at is maximizing a lot of the potential revenue streams. They take every dollar from everywhere they can, and they'll find a way to do it with this. And the players will find a way to 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 be a part of it. It will at that part. I'm not as worried about. I'm worried more just about the effects of constant constant gambling. Just, I mean, I know there's a lot of gambling now, Pete. I mean, I get that, but. You're gonna have it now. It's gonna be everywhere. Yeah, but it's like the lo- it'll be everywhere. like the lot. It'll be like the lottery, though, Mike. I mean, it, it, that's what it'll be. You walk into a convenience store, and the lottery's played all over this country, and nobody's you know nobody looks at it differently. It won't be, you know, it'll be you know the two dollar better, the you know this guy better, the five dollar parlay better. It's not gonna be you know the, the card. It's not gonna be as crazy as people think it's going to be. It just gives people an opportunity if they do want to do it. Now they have an access to do it. By the way, this just came in from Vegas. I got the first line. Every week you have the 10-point stance. The over-under is five dumb things written in that column. So that just came in. Uh, I'll take wow. the, oh, I'll take the really? over. I'll That's take the over. Really, wow. <laughs> Vegas, they just released the line already. I can't believe it. They're so quick with that. I call- Vegas is Vegas is dumb, man. That's why they always lose. By the way, okay, let's get to some of the other things in your 10 points. Because I thought I, I, you actually, by the way, log on Bleacher Report. He has some every week on it's Wednesday, Thursday it comes out. He has some good stuff on there. Mike, the Redskins, watch out for the Redskins. Don't you think, don't you think so? Well, the division isn't I good. Mean, the division's not good. The, the Eagles are the, cl- good but the Eagles are the class of the division. You would agree with that. They are, but, um, you know how it goes with a lot of Super Bowl teams, and next year is just always tougher. But they're the class of the division, no question. But I, I, I am a huge Alex Smith guy. I have been for a while. I know that Cousins was not nearly as bad as a lot of Washington fans have always. They've always had a love-hate relationship with him. But I'm a huge Alex Smith guy. I think he stabilizes a franchise from top to bottom, not just the offense. They've added some good talent there. There was already some good talent there. I'm not crazy about the head coach, but he's okay. Um, I think they're, they they have a chance to make a move. Uh, and if I was to pick any team to overtake Philly in that division, it would be them. Um, now they just they they often do some really crazy weird stuff, but I think with Alex Smith there, with some of the talent they have coming in, they got a chance to be pretty good, a lot better than we've seen them be. Yeah, I, I, look, I like Alex Smith too. I, I, I don't. How much you you think Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins? Because I do. Do you? I do too. Yeah, I do too. I think he. Well, I think he brings. Cousins is definitely more potentially explosive. He's gonna. He may. He, I just like the way Smith um, takes an offense and just makes it steady. Because as you know, and and people listening know. 
most of the time games are just are lost. So if you can get someone, and he's not perfect, but if you can get someone who will cut down on the mistakes, won't make as many horrible throws, will just move the offense down the field, that has a lot of value to it. All right, now we're going to start talking about some subjects that we talk about a lot. We're going to talk about your favorite quarterback in the Northwest. And you're going to be shocked when I <clears throat> when I say this to you. The Seattle Seahawks oh, no. need, to, need to build their offense around Russell Wilson. Enough with this. We're going to run the football. What did you at, just say? Yes, they need to let him go. What? Build their offense around Russell Wilson. Let him go. And the reason I say that, Mike – Defensively, they, the defense has carried that team. There's no question about that. They've been top five, top, top scoring defense for, was it for the last five years? I think it was. They don't have that talent on that side of the ball anymore. They're still going to be okay. No. But they can't just line up and run the ball and play good defense and ask him to make plays on third down. What they need to do and what I would do, I would spread the field, put him in the shotgun, put pressure on the, uh, the opposition to defend him in a bunch of different ways, and hand him the ball and say, here you go, Russell, it's your offense now. That's what I would do. First of all, I'm, I just fell on the floor. I have to Hold on, I have to gather myself. You actually said something kind of sort of decent about Russell Wilson? No, he's a, he's a very okay, good that's player. The, that's, the first, that's the first thing. Hold on, let me talk. Second of all, <clears throat> we have debated about Russell Wilson for years. You've shown him nothing but disrespect. And I'm stating officially on the Prisco podcast, that your opinion about him is garbage and has been garbage. He is a great future Hall of Fame quarterback. Ooh. I said that. Future Ooh. Hall of Fame quarterback. And your, and your constant, constant disrespect of him is constantly disrespectful. And I've been tired of it. I've been meaning to tell you that. Podcast to podcast now, and now I just did it. Now let me make my point. You don't interrupt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, wait. Is this your podcast or my podcast? I got to interrupt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just said don't interrupt. <laughs> <clears throat> You're actually – you are correct. They should have done that last year. They should have done that more. Even though – even if their defense is really good, they were always too conservative and always too gun-shy with him. He was always a much better pocket quarterback than a lot of guys gave him credit for. He was always more accurate. He was always a bigger playmaker. He's the most underrated player probably I have ever covered in what he does. Wow. And even his own team has vastly, vastly underrated him. He's incredibly talented, Pete. He's a very so good Mike. Once, now let once, me counter. For once, for once, you are right about Russell. Let me counter, okay? I want you to pat no, yourself on the back. I'm patting myself on the back. I pat myself on the back every day. That's why my arms grow. They grow longer every single day. <laughs> Um, Mike, I don't beat him up. There's a great misperception about yeah, that. Yeah, you do. No, I'm yeah, a realist when it comes There's to him. There's a great misconception. I, he's very, no, he's very good. No, I say he's very good. He's very good. I'm just not slobbering over him like you are putting him in the Hall of Fame already. He's got work to do, but he's capable of doing it. He just isn't there yet for me. He still leaves clean pockets. He plays behind a bad offensive line. I get it, but he leaves clean pockets. Yeah, he doesn't well, go through his progressions. He doesn't go through his progressions all the time. He's getting better at it. And if they allow him to do it, he will get better at it. But the, the whole idea that I kill him, I never kill him. I just, I just kind of bring 
you down to a little place that's not in the clouds where you you tend to reside when you start slobbering over these quarterbacks. <laughs> and and the flip side is it how do you how kill do you, Matt Ryan the, the way you do? Well, all right, we can get to that in a second. But how how do you go through your progressions? When there's someone in your face as soon as you drop back. I could show you fifty that, and, and also, I could show you fifty plays a year where he leaves. Goes, he does go through his progressions a lot more than you try to to crush him over. He does. But he is there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that would not be able to play behind that offensive line. So and, you know, we're talking about Matt Ryan. Do you think Matt Ryan could play behind that offensive line? No, he would get killed. Well, he's a different. Every he's week. a different. He's a different he quarterback. Run. He's a different quarterback. Okay, could Peyton Manning play behind that line? No. And Peyton Manning in his prime well, couldn't play behind that line. Well, for people who really like Wilson, that's what we're. That's our main point. Is that he has been? They've neglected that offensive line until recently, mostly, and he makes the best of a really horrible situation in ways that other quarterbacks wouldn't be able to do. That's sort of the reason why a lot of us really like Russell Wilson, because of that. A lot of the guys that you like wouldn't be able to play behind that line. And I think Russell Wilson would do just fine in Atlanta. That's what I think. Well, and the other thing is, People kill him for his weapons over the years. That that's a great myth. That's not, that's unfair to a guy like Doug Baldwin, who I think is a hell of a player. Hell, and he had Paul. I mean, they, the Redskins. Your red, your Redskins just paid Paul Richardson a bunch of money to become a big time receiver for him. He had Golden Tate, who was a re, is was a really good player Pete, for him. Pete, his Pete, receivers are, you are serious. His receivers are Pete, way better than you Pete, think they are. Pete, 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 you're serious with us. Yeah, very serious. Have you seen, like, for example, your hero, Matt Ryan? Who's his receiver? Julio. <laughs> really? All the all these great quarterbacks, when you look around the league, they've all had far better receiving talent. I mean, no disrespect to Doug Baldwin, but come on. Who is Julio? Julio Beckham. Okay, who Beckham. Is, who's Rodgers had? Well, Jordy Nelson's not bad. Man, he couldn't run the last Jordy couple of years. He couldn't run the Jordy last Nelson, couple of years. Randall Jordy Cobb has Nelson, proved to be nothing but the Jordy number Nelson, three. Jordy Nelson has been better than almost every receiver Russell Wilson's ever had. Oh, he has. Jordy it. Nelson is Don't better. The last it. couple of years, Jordy Nelson has been better than the Doug Baldwin. Let's go down the list. Antonio Brown. Okay, but that's the Steelers. We're not Julio Jones. Beckham. Right. Those are all number one receivers. He's never had a real true the number one receiver. Down in Houston. That's my point. He's never had anyone like that. No, he hasn't. Had, okay, I'll give you that. All the great quarterbacks have had that. But I'll give you. Even but, Brady had like Randy Moss. He's got Gronkowski, Edelman. I mean, Brady is Brady, but still Brady has receivers. He's got a lot of talent. Yeah, Brady Russell doesn't have a lot of really receivers. Had that. Brady, Brady makes those. Come on. Brady made Amendola and Edelman and all those other guys into good little players. Come on. They if not those guys were in, if those Randy guys, Moss. no, if those not guys Randy were in, Moss. well, he only had Randy Moss for what, two years? Was it? If they, if those guys, uh, if, if, okay, let's put it this way. If Amendola and Edelman were in Seattle, you'd be killing them for having bad receivers. Admit it. Come on. They're not going to be any, you would. They're not better than well, Doug Baldwin. I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is I want is I would love to see Russell Wilson play with a number with one Gronkowski or Randy Moss. Well, did they, didn't they and try and do that with Jimmy Graham? Guys. They, they thought they were getting a guy like that with Jimmy Graham. He wasn't that, though. And, and I, I look, 
again, I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm trashing Doug Baldwin. I'm not. But he's not on the same level as those guys I just mentioned. He's very good, but he's not on the same no, level. No, he's not in, he's guys. not with those guys. I'll get, he, no, there's no doubt. I mean, there's a handful of guys that are that guy. You have Brown, Julio, AJ Green, Beckham, Hopkins, and then, I mean, there's, that's what I'm saying. But you're, there's only a handful of them. But his receiver, okay, who does, who's Matt Stafford throwing to in the last couple of years without Calvin Johnson? Golden Tate? Yeah, well, Matt, Sta- Matt Stafford's not on his on Russell Wilson's level. Okay. He's not. All right. And Matt, Thank you. Matt Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. you Another one of your arguments. I just is, is Philip Rivers on his yeah. level? Is Philip Rivers on his level? He's better than Philip Rivers. No. Oh my God. <laughs> um, he's, he's better than Philip. Is he better than Carson? Anybody Wentz? listening to this podcast? No. You have him. What do you have him ranked? Like three, it's number three in the league. Three, uh, he's top five. Wait, he's not a better than, he's not well, better I, than Rodgers. He's not better than Breeze. Not in any, not in any, no, he's not better than Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is, to me is the best quarterback me of all too. time. Me uh, too. Well, but no, Brady has to be, Brady has go to be considered the, the best quarterback of all time, but, but I'm with you. Rodgers is the best one right now. Rodgers, Breeze. Go down the list. Okay. Rodgers, Brady. Brady. Breeze. Don't even, don't even, don't even, please do not say that. I guess, I guess, I guess. Please I guess. do not say that because, you know, the, this, the, the thing that we're recording, if you say that, if you say that, the thing we're, this machine we're recording the podcast on will blow up. It will blow up if you say that. Please, I said Yeah, but you were debating it though, and it's not a debate. Calm down. How about Ben? No. Not now. Ben's all like, Ben's like 90 years old. No. Yeah, I mean that's it's close. They're they're they're. Well, here's where you and I are gonna have a big argument. Matt Ryan, and Matt's better, but it's close. No, I, I put not. him. Okay, I'll, I'll just put it this way: it's close. for the sake of for the sake of your it's for the close. sake of you you being on this podcast, they're the, I'll put them together. You won't put them together. You won't even do that. He's better than Matt Ryan. Nah, well, I don't think so. But I mean, he is because he does more. Well, he, he moves around part more. Of our, part of our debate you and I have had is just how we view that position. And you like pocket guys. Got to sit in the pocket. Yeah, but I pocket, like – Rodgers doesn't sit in the pocket. I, I think he's – like I'm like you. I think he might be the best we've ever seen. But he doesn't the sit in the sport, pocket. The sport, no. The, the sport is, to me, it's it's evolved to where, of course, you, the pocket – like Brady is Brady. He's just magnificent. But – if you have a lot of teams that just don't coach offensive line well and they don't draft that position well and it forces quarterbacks, I think, to be more like like Wilson than Ryan. If you can get a good line, you're okay. Or you got a quarterback like Brady who has such a fast release that can throw it accurate, okay. But most teams don't have that. So it's it's a it's a it's an interesting kind of philosophical dilemma you and I have always had about this. But I'm more open but, to the movement quarterback, um, though. I'm, I'm much more open to the move, movement of a quarterback now. I really am. Because oh, I no, thought, you're not. No, you know what? No, you know why? You know why? Because I, I think the offensive that. line no, I think the not. offensive line play is terrible in the NFL. It's awful. And part of the reason it's is... It's so bad. They don't it's teach so it. It's so bad They don't now. teach they it. They don't know how to coach it. Yeah. Be, well, they don't get time to coach it, Mike. It's all install, install, install. They don't get time to teach the little tricks of the trade anymore. It's terrible. All right. Before we get out of here... LeBron James is arguably the GOAT, although I still lean to Michael Jordan. I don't know where you lean, but 
You're crazy, Bron. You're crazy. LeBron is he's past Jordan. No. He's past him. No. He has he's past him. Not my it's Jordan, close. Jordan could not have Jordan could not have done what LeBron just did over the past six weeks. He knew he would have fallen apart. LeBron is like Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, but Except he plays in the NBA. Yeah, but Jordan shoot, would have been as fast as a point guard. Jordan would have had a different body in today's era. You know what I mean? With the nutrition and the and the lifting and everything else, he would have been. He would have been. He wouldn't have been six eight and, and built like LeBron, but he would have been thicker and stronger too. So you can't. can't I don't really, know. I don't know. LeBron. Don't know. Hey, Jordan LeBron, never lost. He's done he just, never lost in the finals. Well, so what? What does that have to do with anything? Who cares? And he was going. LeBron is. Mike, it doesn't matter. LeBron could have taken. LeBron could have taken. LeBron could have taken me, you, and a couple other guys and gone through the East this year. It was awful. That Celtics team was terrible. You shoot underhanded. Be quiet. What are you talking about? I, I have jump shot. Will travel. That's my motto. You know that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but who's the LeBron of the NFL? Um. Right now, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm with you. One, right? we actually agree on something. That's unbelievable. I mean, he's I the best. What, you know, he's he's. It, it's hard to. It, everyone obviously knows how great he is. It, it's really unbelievable to watch him when you're actually at a game. It doesn't translate well on television. Watching him play is just. It's not just fun. It's like. He's one of the only – most of the time I go to NFL games and I cover games or watch them on TV, I watch the DVs because that's just what I like to do. He's one of the few guys, him, Brady, a few other guys like Russell, where I just – I'm just fascinated with what he does. He is so – he has such a, a, a command of the game, but he, he sees everything before it happens. He's so smart, and he, he's a hell of an athlete. Like, he could play in the NBA probably. He does so many things, and he's in a weird way. He's vastly underappreciated, which sounds crazy for guys going to be in the Hall of Fame and who deserves, a, who gets a lot of attention. But he's vastly under. He reminds me of LeBron James. What? It's weird how people hate LeBron James. Yeah, I don't. You I don't get that, that either. I love. I love LeBron why? James. I don't know. It's I'm, crazy. I, I want him to win so bad this time around because I, I hate the whole idea of the dream team and all that and, and putting together a team like the way they did. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I want LeBron to win. He won't win, but I want him to win. But I'm with you on Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is definitely one last thing before I get you go. You played high school football with Jim Schwartz. Please tell me that Jim Schwartz flicked your ear when you were in class when you were a kid. Please tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? What was he, he was, like in he high school? Was actually a, he was a really good player. He was a little bit crazy and fearless, but also really smart. He was he was one of our team captains. Wow! And he was a really really smart, talented dude, undersized like all of us, not that fast like all of us, but had was just a very very um, everyone liked him. Everyone liked following him. He would he would say something. Everyone listened. He's one of those guys. He didn't he didn't hit me ears. Was he was he nice Was he nice to you when you were sitting on the bench watching, getting water for everybody? <laughs> oh, that's where we're going. Really? Excuse me. I was a starter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I played corner and safety. Thank you. And I was the emergency quarterback. Ah, 
Yeah, I like some apples. You played in Maryland well, at some prep school. Way, Come on. By the way, by the way, how does how what was it like being a five foot four guard? It was five That's, foot. It was five was foot six. Like? I'm five foot four now because I shrunk because I'm old. Um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> it, you know what it was like? It was like playing against 230 pound guys all the time and 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 handling them. That's what it was like. How's that? Yo, you handled them. I was good. They Nobody. No, I can honestly you tell you, Mike. Play. I can honestly tell you. And we played St. Thomas. We played Dillard. We played Ely. We played all the. All the big schools. Did you really? Yeah, the guy that was the funniest thing ever though is the guy that was the toughest. I played. I mean, I'm talking about big kids for that time. They're not compared to today. They're nothing. I mean, you know, the kids are huge today. Yeah. But the toughest kid I ever had was this kid. He was about my size, and he hit me all day long, and I hit him all day long, and it was nasty. And he had his hair hung down in his helmet. He looked like he was crazy. I'm sure Jim Schwartz looked like that when he played, and. Last play of the game. Last play of the game. I saw him standing over the pile, and I went barreling into him from about twenty yards and sent him nearly to the sidelines. And I got thrown. The, the second to last play, I got thrown out. So I got the last one. So dirty was, player. Oh, I was dirty. Oh, I was dirty. Oh, I was a dirty player. I, I will. I will agree with that one hundred percent. There, there is something I will agree with you on. I was a dirty player. All right, Mike. Let's hope you didn't drive the ratings of the podcast down like you used to drive my radio show down back in the day for six months. I carried that show. Yeah, I don't know. You know what was one of the best things about that show? Remember we had the – what was the tournament we had? Yeah, we had the dessert the, uh, tournament. The 64-team yeah, field of dessert. So Who, which, what ended up winning? That was like a week uh, – Did the Ganoli win? The Twinkies? The Twinkies won. That's I right. Twink, I, think twi- I think you're right. Twinkies think ended up winning. You liked something that was weird, that was if I remember. That so much fun. You, you liked something that was weird. We had to put it in there. I forget what your favorite dessert was, but – I know it's. I know you like chocolate chip cookies because I see you with them all the time. So I know that's like one of your number ones. But what? Well, what I would tell all your podcast listeners is, I'm happy I could carry it today, and um, thank you for putting up with Pete's really stupid opinions. And actually, I love Pete. We're good friends, and um, despite his just awful views of football he's a really good dude so everybody listening he's actually a really good dude and same goes the other way for all the misguided uh posts and columns and everything else mike writes he's a (laughs) really good dude you you had it you just had to retaliate i have to retaliate because you know what you're mocking me i'm the football bible i don't know what you're talking about football bible all right i'm an atheist thanks mike appreciate it man (laughs) all right man okay